everybody. Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Can you believe it's week 12 of the Ohio high school football season? Here we are, the regional quarterfinal round. 25 greater Cincinnati teams still vying for that road to Canton the first week in December, the state championships. Our WCPO 9 football game of the week is 5-6 St. Xavier at 10-1 Moeller. That is Friday night, Division One Region 4 quarterfinal at uh, Shea Stadium in Norwood. And uh, we're going to have all the coverage for you. You're going to hear a little bit later on from uh, St. X coach Steve Specht about the Bombers' big victory at Fairfield last week. And Moeller coach Mark Elder talks about facing St. X for a second time. Remember, these two teams played uh, week five there at St. Xavier, in which Moeller rallied to win 20-17. to 17. A little bit later in this episode, you're going to hear from Taft coach Tyler Williams as the Senators prepare for a Division Four Region 16 quarterfinal against Alter this Friday night at Stargill Stadium. And also, Cincinnati Country Day coach Dennis Coyle reflects on the Nighthawks' first playoff victory since 1999. But before I go any further, I want to remind you this High School Insider podcast is sponsored by the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants. Enjoy a free breakfast item through their app between November 7th and 19th. Well, our WCPO 9 Game of the Week, as I mentioned, is Moeller hosting St. Xavier at Shea Stadium on Friday night. Uh, believe it or not, this game uh, sold out in less than 10 minutes late Monday afternoon as uh, uh, fans clamored to find their tickets. Estimated 5,000 people going to be there at Chase Stadium. I had a chance to catch up with St. X coach Steve Specht after the Bombers' big victory over Fairfield last week. Hey! Everybody's 0-0, right? <laughs> We're excited about moving on. I, I know our kids are excited about the opportunity. And uh, what, the, what the heck, let's make it round two. Well, it is definitely round two, as Coach Speck mentioned there, and the Bombers prepare for another matchup against their GCL South rival this Friday night. Uh, had a chance to catch up with Moeller coach Mark Elder earlier this week, and he talked if uh, this Week 5 game back in the regular season will be used as a reference point. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a... Uh... I mean, it, it's really a good reference point because um, it's this year. It's the same players, uh, same teams, and and um, so that that's as good of a, a film to watch as any. Um, you know, they've made some adjustments really on both sides of the football um, that they're slightly different as far as that. Uh, I don't know if it's an evolution or, or change stuff, but they're a little bit different schematically, but um, more, more personality than I guess I'd say schematically, but, but it's still a great reference point on um, to watch as far as, you know, what, what were they trying to attack on you? Uh, what did they have success with and, and so forth. So I think that it's clearly a good game to watch and, um you know, something that we're going to reference, you know, it's not the the whole game plan is not going off of what that, what that game turned out to be, but um, it certainly is going to be something that we watch and, and take into account. How is Mueller better from just, you know, seven weeks ago in your mind? Yeah, no, I, I think that we've, we've progressed. I, I do think that we've gotten better and better as the season has gone. Um you know, de- defensively, I, I feel like everybody's just more and more comfortable in what we're doing. And, um, you know, as the season goes, you, you, you see your own strengths and, and see what um, you need to emphasize more and, and maybe do a little bit less of and, and so forth. And, and I, I really feel like the same thing is happening offensively. We, we've uh, found the things that we're, we're doing well and the things that we're struggling with and able to, you know, put an emphasis upon the things that, that we're doing well. And, um maybe do a little less of the stuff that you're struggling with. Obviously health is such a huge issue this time of year. Um, you know, how healthy are you guys and how confident are you that 
going into going into Friday with that. Yeah, I mean, we just like everybody, we've had some some bumps and bruises, some guys with some injuries and so forth, and uh, we've had a couple guys out here the last couple weeks. Um, you know, I think that we're going to get most, if not all, those guys back for this game, which will be great. Um, you know, so. I think that we're in a really good spot as far as our health is concerned. And we're a deep team. I mean, we've got, um, we, you know, defensively, which is where we've had a couple, a couple injuries. Uh, we've, we're playing 20 something guys every game, uh, you know, meaningful time. So having a guy out isn't catastrophic for us. Obviously we want to be at full strength, but um, particularly on defense where we're playing so many guys, if, if one of those guys gets out, either there's another guy that can fit into the rotation or the guy that's just been a, you know, 50, 50, 60, 40 guys just going to have to play more. So um, I, I feel like even if we are a little bit dinged up in a spot or two, we're, we're okay. So, but I, I anticipate anybody that's been injured, we'll, we'll, we should get back. What have you noticed on St. X just on film from obviously they were a very young team to start of the season and they've kind of had an up and down type of year, but um, noticed much difference in, in terms of what they're doing, I guess, on both sides of the ball? Yeah, again, um, I, I, I do think that they've evolved this year and, and I wouldn't say that they're drastically different schematically, but maybe just personality wise, you know, what, what are they emphasizing? And, and, um, you know, if you watch the game, I mean, they're, they're calling the same, the same run plays, the same basic pass plays. Um, you know, they're, they're running the same coverages they're doing a lot of that similar stuff. They might've just evolved a little bit, you know, doing it out of, out of different sets, different people on the field, but um, you know, it's not like they went from, um, what they were to triple option, you know, they just, they're, they're running the same run plays. They're just doing it out of slightly different formations and maybe different people on the field. And, and then defensively um, they've evolved. I mean, they, they're mixing in a little bit more, um, you know, getting to four ish down fronts and, and uh, getting out of the stack a little bit more, but they're, I mean, they're still who they are. I mean, that's, that's um, they haven't drastically changed. From like a, uh, I guess, a preparation standpoint, um, obviously playing a GCL South opponent, second round of the playoffs, there's a, a great deal of familiarity. Uh, does that have any, I don't know, from your coaching standpoint, I mean, is there an emotional charge to this, a connotation to this that, that plays an extra factor in this instead of playing, a, you know, for example, another GMC team or something? But um, how, how does that impact maybe how you prepare this week in terms of what you tell the guys? Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... Look, it's a rival game and all that stuff. Does it matter? I guess. Um, but the other reality is, is this is playoff time. And and so um, whether it's a rival game or you've never played the team every year in your life, I mean, uh, you, you're assuming that both sides of the ball are it, this is this is everybody's haymaker. I mean, why? Because it, it's win or go home, you know, so. Um, does the rivalry add on to that? I mean, I don't know, maybe, but, um, you know, at this point in the season, um, whoever you play is the rival that week, because, because if, if you lose, you're done. Um, so I, I don't anticipate that you, you're getting anything bad, anything different than, than everybody's best shot from here moving forward. And, and people are, they're not leaving anything um, to chance or not, you know, leaving anything um, for future weeks because there, there's no tomorrow. If, if you don't, take care of today what's the biggest key for you i mean in terms of um success early on in this game and um if you do you find a few key components that you really want to see it get established uh, whether it be you know in the first half or early in the first quarter 
I don't know about early, but obviously, I mean, it's the same stuff that wins ball games every week. I mean, um, you know, the the turnovers that that going the right way as far as us protecting the football, not putting the ball in jeopardy, uh, and then attacking the football on defense. How you how you perform in the red zone? I mean, you you can have five hundred yards offense, but uh, if you don't punch it in, in in the end, and you just come away with with field goal attempts, that's that's not any good. And and same thing the other way. I don't I don't really care about yards. I mean, I, I we give up a lot of yards, but we may not give up a lot of points, and and that's what matters. So uh, how well you you perform in the red zone, whether you're you're scoring touchdowns and whether you're giving up touchdowns. Um, explosive plays. I mean, that's that's a key component. I mean, um, these guys, uh, their offense. I mean, they are a um, shot type of team, and and so limiting the, their success on that's going to be important. And and uh, for us offensively, you know, having our playmakers, you know, do something with the ball in their hands in space, and and turning um, turning something into big explosive plays because it's it's hard to drive the field on people. It's hard to have twelve and. 14 play drives. It just, I mean, something happens along the line for everybody that that puts you behind the sticks and makes it difficult. So, so getting some chunk plays is always key. Great, coach. Really appreciate your time. All the best of luck to Moeller this week. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Well, this is the third playoff game between Moeller and St. Xavier. If you go back to 2014, and as I mentioned, a sold out crowd expected there at Shea Stadium on uh, Friday night. Uh, hey, this game. Let's talk cliches maybe for a second. Avoiding turnovers, uh, making big plays, uh, you name it. Uh, these two teams very familiar with each other. Obviously, Moeller, number one seed for a second straight season, but anything can happen in the playoffs. Don't talk about the past to either one of these teams. It's here and now, and it's winner um, you know, advancing to the regional semis or the loser going home. So uh, plenty at stake, obviously, on Friday night. Well, let me switch gears now to Division Four, Region 16. 9-2 Taft is the number two seed in that region, playing an unfamiliar uh, number 10 seed in Alter. They're 6-5 and five this year, and uh, that will be on Friday night at Stargill Stadium. Taft defeated CHGA 45-7 for the Senators' fifth consecutive win last week. I had a chance to catch up with Taft coach Tyler Williams, and uh, he talked about not only the first-round victory, but the turning point in this season and some of his defensive standouts as well. Um, we had some, some great game time adjustments that we needed to make. Um, they came out running some power football, and it was a pretty good game plan. Um, had some big offense alignment, um, and I feel like our guys adjusted well to it. Um, our our, our D-line played well, our linebackers played well, and our defensive backs came up, made great tackles, and made great pass deflections. Speaking of, um, you know, your secondary and your defense, I mean, I mean, obviously two players who have really stood out for you and they were able to receive some Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference honors this past weekend. Tayshawn Banks, uh, a junior, um, being named Athlete of the Year in the CMAC Red Division and Elias Rudolph being Co-Defensive Player of the Year as a defensive end. Uh, can you talk about those guys and how special they've been for you? Yeah, so um, Tayshawn Banks, he's been a v- very, very special player for our team. Um, he not he not only can return kicks, he can return punts. Um, he has four returns for touchdowns from interceptions. Um, he can play offense. He tackles well. Um, he's a great leader. Um, he's all, he's also one of our captains this year. So this has been a young man that has been working so hard on and off the field. And then um, I haven't seen too many players like him in the, on the high school level. Even when I played, I told I pulled him to the side. After one of our games, and I'm like, man, I'm saying I was pretty good in high school. I said, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty good. I said, you a beast. 
Like you can play some football, man. And I, I feel that some coaches, they try not to do that to their players because they don't want them to get the big head. But I'm like, I feel like we have built a, a good enough relationship where I can tell you that your hard work is starting to pay off. And I want you to know that um, I'm acknowledging it. I see that you're working hard. And um, the awards that you have received, like you definitely deserve those awards. Coach, if I, if I don't forget here, did he have two interceptions in that season opener against Roger Bacon? Um, no, Quentin Price Quentin. actually I'm had sorry. two interceptions. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. But what, is, what does that versatility mean for your team, for Tayshaun? I mean, he does it on special teams. I mean, he gets after it. I mean, just talk about that. So it's, it's huge, man, because it's, mo- it's a momentum shift. Um, you might be in a tight game, and then you punt him the ball, and then he changed the game because he – got his great field position or a touchdown and then it might be a, a close game and he make an interse- a big interception and not only making an interception he can take it back to the house he's scoring he has scored four four to five touchdowns and he hasn't played one snap of offense wow not once not one That's snap yeah so he has more touchdowns than some running backs and um in, in high school football right now which I thought was a great stat to have because I'm like man you haven't even show what you could do on offense. No doubt about it. What, what What's his uh, college recruiting? I know he's been getting a lot of interest. So what's his? Uh, yeah, so uh, he's getting a lot of looks from different different places. Um, Big Ten, SEC, um, the Mid-American Conference, um, Sunbelt. He's getting he's getting them from everywhere, honestly. And um, I told him right now, just focus on the playoffs. Focus on what you need to do. Um, you got plenty of time to focus on the recruiting um, part of your season. So focus more on the playoffs, focus more on building the relationships with your teammates and take this as far as you want to go. And um, he is bought in. Um, he watches a lot of the college games online. Um, he, he went to a couple of the college games this year, but he usually watch them more online and get, get together with some of the players and they all watch them together. So it's been pretty good for him. We've talked about Elias a lot here, and I want to ask you about him here in a second. But just the rest of your secondary, you mentioned Quentin Price. Um, who else has kind of stood out for you? Um, another kid is um, Jaquan Bostic. Um, he also plays receiver for us, and um, he's been great at safety. Um, he's 6'3", 180-pound kid. He, he's big. He's physical. Um, he, he has an eye for the ball. He can go get – he's a great basketball player, and I think that that correlates a lot with how good he is on the football field. It's like he see the ball in the air, he goes up like it's a rebound, second nature. A lot of people on the sideline be like, man, that was a crazy play. And he, he runs to the sideline like it was a normal play. And um, it's really it really is normal to him. And um, now he's, he's really starting to figure out um, how good he can be at safety. Um, but working hard, staying out there practice, watching more film. Um, he's starting to become a student of the game. And he's definitely starting to separate separate himself from um, other kids in the city and also the state of Ohio as playing a um, – not just playing DB, but also playing receiver. Um, I think he has six interceptions and six receiving touchdowns also. Wow. So he's doing a great job on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. No doubt about it. Um, well, I want to have you talk about Elias Rudolph a little bit too. 16 and a half sacks. We've been talking about him for a couple of years now, obviously, not only a – Outstanding football player, but just a, a great leader for your program and um, great example to other teammates as well. So um, what's he meant to the team? So Elias Rudolph, um, like I always say, um, this this is a great kid on and off the field. 
Um, this has been a special year for him. He for sure set a record with 16 and a half sacks for Tav. Um, his motor, his motor, though, is just unmatchable with the average high school athlete. Like uh, We didn't even have some of our college coaches that used to be former players practice with our team, and I didn't see him still make plays on the coaches. So I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> – this is not normal for a high school kid to be this fast, be this in tune with their technique. Like this young man really went to camps to learn how to become a better defense alignment. Yeah. Like every camp we went to, you know, most kids go to camps because they like the school. I want the experience. He like, coach, I'm going here. I'm going here. I want to learn from this coach so I can use it for my game this year. Yeah. And if you watch his highlight tape, you see some of the moves he's making. And I'm like, that's next level moves. This is moves that I watched him learn at certain camps, and he took that from them and brought it back to his game as a junior this year and has put it into his game. And it shows because he has – he went from 11 to 12 sacks to 16 and a half. How valuable is that? I mean, that's something you can't teach. You, you can't teach. And then I think he has two receiving touchdowns, two blocked punts. So he has been – and then his film, if you watch his film at tight end – he 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 plays one of the best blockers on our team. So he, this is a young man that can play seventy snaps a game, and not not he won't talk about it anything. He won't complain about it. He's just going to get the job done. We've spent all this time on your defense, obviously. I mean, just uh, you talk about just the offensive side of the ball. What what you what you're pleased with right now? That's a yeah. So what we've been really good at is we've been a balanced offense. Uh, we've been able to throw the ball, been able to run the ball. Um, we've been able to go no huddle. We've been able to go um, package it up where we got all our big boys in and we're just running the ball at you. Um, our offensive line has been doing a pretty good job. Um, they are starting to definitely gel together um, and make movement for our running backs. Um, we have, I feel like we have some of the best running backs in the city. We have three to four good running backs that can all be starters at some point. Um, right now we have the starting right now is CJ Hawkins. Uh, he's been doing a great job. Um, I think he's at about seven or eight games right now. He's already at almost a thousand yards. So that's also been a spark to our offense. Um, then you got Gavin Crawford. Uh, he's been doing an amazing job also. So that's like a one, two punch right there. Um, both fast, both, both physical, both can catch out the backfield. And then, um, as you know, we also have Jamar Richardson. That also plays running back and linebacker. Um, he's been doing an amazing job for us. One of our best linebackers on the team lead, was leading the team in tackles also, and he's also has about five or six touchdowns. And then um, our other senior, Anteo Stuckey, has been a speedster for us um, as a, in our, at our running back position. So that's definitely a lot, a lot that I can um, say I'm happy about with our guys, not even talking about our receivers that's been doing an amazing job. And then our quarterback, I definitely want to talk about him, Javier. He was a guy that came in, um, was competing for a spot with Anton, and then Anton ended up tearing his ACL, so he ended up taking over that role. He's been doing an amazing job leading our team right now. And um, um, I'm definitely pleased with how our offense is playing, and I want them to continue to gel and get better each and every week. Kind of take me back. Was there a turning point this season, Coach, for for you guys? Uh, obviously, um, played tough schedule. Um, you know, things didn't go the way you wanted against Wyoming. Certainly early in the season. Um, uh, but 
was there a, a certain moment? Um, you know, this team is very talented. We knew everything from last year's playoff run and all that and the expectations. Um, was there something said in the locker room or maybe a meeting or, or, or something where you just knew that this team was going to be locked in and focused uh, come the stretch run here in the postseason? Yeah, so um, it kind of started um, the week before Withrow, so against the Notre Dame Cathedral. We went up there, and um, I feel like we started real fast. Like We started good. That's what we expected. Um, we were, I think we were up like 20 plus points after halftime. And I was, I was kind of, I was kind of mad because I think we could have scored more. We left points out on the board and I told the kids that at halftime, we came out, the momentum shifted. So we were dealing with our first little bit of adversity and they were able to come back. Um, they came all the way back against us. And I think we ended up blocking a field goal, which helped us win that game. And I told our guys to enjoy this win, but we got a lot of work to do. And then, like, it kind of carried over to the Withrow game. It was so much hype with it. It was at home. Um, the kids was were excited. And um, Withrow came out. They played ball. Um, had a great game plan. Um, had a lot of kids that can play. Um, made some good calls. Made some good plays. And um, I don't think we played our best football that game. And it kind of showed that we're not good enough to just show up. Like, yes, we have a lot of good players, but we're not good enough to just show up and the team is going to just tell, hey, we're going to get his win to tap. I told him that that's that's history. That's not happening. Um, every team is going to give you their Super Bowl. Every team is going to come 100% ready to beat you. Like, everybody wants to beat you guys right now. And um, after that game, it, it kind of opened everybody's eyes, coaches and all. And it, and it showed us, like, okay, we have to play football. We have to play um, discipline football. We have to be committed to what we're going to do, and we got to have um, each other's back through through whatever it is, wins, losses, everything. And that talk right there kind of let them know that okay, this is bigger than this is bigger than football because it could have been easily everybody turned their back on us once we lost the CMAC game. Because I explained to them when I played when I coached at Coleraine, it was similar to that. I was a, I was part of a team that had lost to Middletown for the first time in twenty years. And I'm like, is, um, are we going to let this define us? Like, or what, what, what are we going to do? Who cares about a streak or anything? We're here to play football. We're here to get better each and every day. So after that loss, I told our kids, what are we going to do? Are we going to cry about from that loss? Or are we going to continue to build on this season? And then our kids came in the next week with a whole different attitude. Like, no, I never want this feeling again. I never want this feeling again. So things changed in the classroom. Things changed at practice. The the leadership of my um, senior captains holding everybody accountable, making sure everybody was wearing the same undershirts, same color practice jerseys, being on time. The accountability definitely changed after that loss, and it made us come together more as a team. And we got the we get we got to really see people's true colors if they were for the team or not. And um, it's been pretty good since. Um, the guys have rallied behind each other. You've seen guys that wasn't leaders at first become better leaders. Um, and some people don't lead by example with talking, but some people definitely lead by example with how they play. And our guys have been doing a great job of that from since we have taken that loss. Were there a couple of players in particular that really, like you said, that you turned around that next week and you saw everything kind of change, classroom on the field? Was there someone that spoke up in particular? Yeah, so um, – uh, two to three people that definitely started to speak up. Um, one of those per person people was um, Ronald Cutts. 
Ronald Cutts, he picked it up. He like, okay, coach, I understand. These things got to get fixed. Um, then Elias Rudolph, um, he, he was quick. He he told me he wanted to practice after the game. I'm like, that's not going to help us, Elias. I promise you. You don't get that back. This is this is where you got to give your all the first time because you don't get second opportunities on this. And then um, another person is Tayshawn Banks. He started to be even more of a leader in the secondary. I'm like, our secondary is young. You guys are very talented, but you guys are young, and we need some type of leadership in that group. And he stepped up, started meeting with the guys more, started watching film more, started helping the guys with the, the coverages. Um, he did an amazing job with that. And um, as you can tell with our play, you're seeing more leadership, and that's that's reflecting how the scores and everything, the turnouts of our games are now. Well, let's talk about uh, this Friday night, as I mentioned, regional quarterfinal against Alter. They're yes. perennial power in Southwest Ohio. It's kind of unusual to see them as a number 10 seed. Um, but uh, what have you noticed on film from them? What's going to be some of the keys for your success on Friday? Um, they they run a little bit of everything. They run some spread. They run some zone read. They run some triple option. Um, I think they're a great football team. Um, their defense is always in the right spot. Quarterback makes great reads. Um, O-line fires off the ball. I think this will be a great battle for us. Um, this will let us know where we are as a team and also as a program. Um, I tell our kids we got to win those big games. Um, when those big games come, to level up as a good program, you got to win those big games. You got to be prepared. And you got to be definitely battle tested. And I think this game will definitely, definitely battle test us. How much uh, are you looking to the community support as well on Friday night? I mean, what's what's the vibe around the school, and how much so are I, you? I, we need that. We need everybody out. We need the whole community out. Um, I think this will be great for CPS itself to come out and support these young men. They have worked hard all year. Um, I think it's two, maybe one or two more teams in the CMAC other than Taft that are still playing. So I think this will be great for our whole community and um, the whole CMAC to come out and support these guys because that'll mean the, that'll mean the world to them to see the support of the city um, come together and rally to see them get a W. Gotcha. And what, what do you think the keys will be to the game to for victory? I mean, what are you what are you looking to establish? I guess sometime uh, whether it be the first half, second half. Got to play assignment football. Offense needs to take care of the ball, and we just got to want it. There's no more talking. We just got to really want it. Coach, really appreciate your time. All the best to Taft this week as you prepare for another home playoff game. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Well, this Taft team is certainly very hungry to make a a deep run in the postseason, had a chance to – catch up with some of the players and coaches this summer and uh, you know they want to repeat the success of the boys basketball team winning the division three state championship a year ago so still obviously you don't want to get ahead of yourself right now in the playoffs but uh, the Senators team uh, loves the opportunity to have a second straight home game and hopefully they will uh, have a chance to advance to the regional semifinals where they were last year as well. Before I continue in this episode, I'll remind you this High School Insider podcast is sponsored by the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants. Enjoy a free breakfast item through their app between November 7th and November 19th. Well, let's change gears here to Division 6, Region 24. Cincinnati Country Day earned its first playoff victory since 1999 with a 27-20 win over Beaver Eastern last week. And I had a chance to catch up with Nighthawks coach Dennis Coyle, who was already preparing for this week's opponent in Tri-Village. It's exciting. I can say I was a little tight last week. Uh, as, we, as we were getting ready for the game, 
Um, as I talk to our kids, one of our goals was winning a playoff game. We had a pretty good year last year, and then Deer Park beat us in the first round. Uh, and, and our goals this year were to beat a playoff caliber team during the regular season, a, 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 a really quality opponent. And we were looking at Summit and uh, Park Tudor. And we got one of those wins against Park Tudor, and we lost the one to Summit. And then the next thing was winning our league. Uh, and we had a couple tight games in there, and we were able to sneak it out a couple times and get the wins and win the league. And then the next goal was winning a playoff game. And uh, so those were the main three goals that we set for our program for this year. So um, felt it was really important for our team. And one of the things we talked about, um, this is the 83rd team in the history of Country Day, and only 10 other teams have ever won 10 games in a season. Uh, so that's we focused on that. I tried not to talk to the kids about how long it had been since we won a playoff game. I went through a stretch as a player at St. X where we went over 18, 19 years of not beating Moeller. And I felt sometimes that makes kids tight. So I rather focused on uh, what we controlled and talking about, you know, we could make history by being the 11th team in school history to win game 10. And some kids were asking about the, how long it's been. It's been a long time since when I was like, it hasn't been that long. I've only been here four years. And for kids, you know, you've only been here freshman. It's your first attempt. So it doesn't matter what the teams ahead of us have done in terms of that. It's we're, we're trying to raise the bar and, and get that playoff win. And we're going to focus on that. But now that it's over, we talked about it today. It is, it is a good thing for our program to get that win and hopefully something to build on. Well, you look at the nine consecutive wins, coach, has this team exceeded your expectations? We played a lot of young kids last year and uh, really thought we had a good chance of repeating as league champs and and thought we had a chance to go eight and two to 10 and no. And it just depended on how quickly we matured and how, how we would perform. Wasn't sure about the playoffs. Um, and and um, there, there are some young kids that have really stepped up for us. Uh, last night we played without our two starting guards. Uh, we lost one of our guards back in the first league game in week six. Uh, with a torn ACL and he had surgery, so he's done for the year. And then we had another guard that was out last week with a uh, concussion. So we had a true pr- freshman play his first game, played every snap at guard for us last night. Um, so um, that that's the thing that's impressed me most is just when our younger kids have had a step up, we're still playing two or three freshmen on both sides of the ball. I think we got five or six sophomores to play. So we still feel we have a lot of good football ahead of us. Uh, this year's team, we only have six seniors. And a couple of those seniors are role players right now, not starters on the team. And one's a kicker, which is going to be hard to lose and uh, hard to replace him. But we really feel like we have some good football ahead of us still. Who is the freshman guard you'd like to mention? Uh, Will Robinson. Uh, Will's a freshman, and uh, he, he did a great job for us last night filling in. He got to play a little bit a couple weeks ago at linebacker and uh, just a good, hard-nosed kid who's undersized. Um, Eastern was a really big team. They had like six kids between 280 and 300 pounds, uh, and they, they they weren't sloppy kids. They were pretty solid, and uh, it was probably the biggest team we had played all year, and Will's probably 165, 175 pounds at guard, and, but, he, but he's real scrappy, and he did a really good job for us last night. How successful was the run game? It was good. We did, we did a good job. I probably should have thrown the ball more than I did, um, but we, we kind of hang our hat on the run game if we can do it, and uh, Parker Corbin had a great night, and uh, Lee Thomas running the football. Had some big plays. I had a bad call in the uh, 
the, the first quarter called a wide screen um, down at our own 10 yard line on third down, but they had a pick six on and they took the lead six to nothing. And uh, our, our team's been resilient and they bounced right back. We got the, the we blocked the extra point and then we get the, uh, the next kickoff. And on the first play, Parker Corbin goes 65, 70 yards for a touchdown run. And just, we answered right away, got the extra point and went up seven to six. So even though they had an opportunity to take the momentum in the game early, we responded right away. And that's the way this team's been all year. When things go negative, they don't hang their heads and they come right back and play the next play. What'd you tell the team after the game? I think the main message was just, I was proud of them. Uh, it's, it, and, and I finally mentioned that, hey guys, it's been since 1999 since we won a playoff game and just, uh, that there's a strong history here of football and just how proud I am of not just this year's team, uh, but those players that held this program together. Cause uh, a lot of people in the city may or may not know. I mean, just five years ago, the, this school was on the verge of getting rid of football and they canceled half their uh, games five years ago and they only played six games. Uh, and there were 14 guys in the program. And then we went through a two and seven year and then we went through an 0 and six year. And um, I can say at the end of that 0 and six year, we 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 ended our game at halftime against CCPA because it was so lopsided. We had some kids get hurt. Uh, I think we we were down to 14 kids. I didn't have enough linemen to compete. And we had to walk off the field at halftime, which was heartbreaking. Um, But the kids have really responded. And I talk about, you know, had people walked away. Had people said, I'm transferring to another school because I worry you're going to have football in a couple of years. We want to be doing what we're doing now. So we, we, we talked about and revisited that last night because this senior class, they came in when I did. They were freshmen my first year of coaching. We talked about building something special here and how important it was for them to buy in. So part of last night was just being thankful for all the players the last few years who weren't there last night, but helped this program to survive and get us to where we are today. How rewarding is that personally for you, Dennis? It feels good because I, I I told the kids I've been very fortunate to be in some really good programs uh, and work with some really good coaches. I've been fortunate to be in three different state finals and uh, practice on Thanksgiving Day multiple times. Um, but for these kids to have that experience, uh, I, I, I think there's nothing like a successful high school football team to really change the energy of a school. Mm-hmm. It starts off your school year. And it involves so many people with the community. Uh, And we have a great soccer program and our coach is magnificent, but it's not the same energy as a football game on a Friday night. That Friday night lights is something special. So for for our community to experience that and have these little kids getting excited and being on our sideline, when I got here, they weren't there. And to see those little kids and the relationship with our high school players now, and uh, it's really nice to be building a program. I feel good about that. After year two, I wasn't sure if I was the right guy for the job, that I was the right fit for the school. And at this point, I feel really good about the way the community is supporting us and the way the kids and the younger kids have bought into the program. I don't know if you're like a lot of coaches. There's that 24-hour rule where you get to celebrate after a big victory. But uh, tell me about how you go about transitioning and preparing for Tri-Village this week. I don't get to enjoy it very long. <laughs> I I wish I did. I wish I could. Uh, I, I think I finally went to bed about 2.30, 3 o'clock last night, was back here about 8 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. I got to sleep in. Um, 
and then we watch film. Our kids left, and then we watch film. We just finished up at noon, uh, and now I will be here to six o'clock. At six o'clock, I will leave to go to Miamisburg to watch our girls' soccer team compete in their game at Miamisburg tonight, and hopefully watch them get a win and advance in the tournament. And I'll get home 10, 11, and go to bed, and I'll get up tomorrow morning and be back here in the office at 8 o'clock. So there's not much time to reflect and enjoy the win as a coach. I tell the boys they get to enjoy it today. Uh, they get to enjoy it tomorrow, and then over the weekend, I'll be sending them cut-ups of our next opponent and send them a scouting report tomorrow night and say, you know, when you get that, take some time to look at it, uh, but to enjoy it and just make sure when they show up Mondays when they have to close the book on um, this past game. But as a coach, unfortunately, I don't have the time to do that. i got to turn right to Tribe Village, who's a heck of a football team. I know uh, we'll have, I, I have not watched any film on them, but I know the reputation, and I know we're going to have to play a good game to compete with them. Coach, I really appreciate your time. All the best of luck to the Nighthawks this week. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. But yeah, just an incredible story there, as uh, Coach Coyle alluded to. Uh, just five years ago, Cincinnati Country Day was thinking about disbanding their football team. Only 14 players in the program, but uh, Coach Coyle has led that resurgence, obviously, the past few seasons. And the Nighthawks uh, certainly have a lot of great things going after that first-round victory as well. But, uh, hey, I want to go over some games to watch this week. Uh, You know, we could talk about so many. There's 25 teams left, but uh, certainly uh, some key games that you want to keep your eye on as we really kind of narrow things down here, getting ready for the regional semifinals on November 11th and 12th. Division One, Region Four, obviously in addition to St. Xavier and Moeller. How about 9-2 Milford at 9-2 Elder? This is only the second meeting all-time between these programs, according to uh, our former WCPO9 sports intern Adam Duell. He did some research. Uh, the first meeting took, plas- took place in 1924, and uh, this is the first time that Milford coach Tom Grippa is back at the pit since 2012 when he was LaSalle's coach. Uh, had a chance to catch up with Coach Grippa this week. He, he says it's a daunting task. He knows uh, what the Eagles are up against, but uh, he has confidence in his uh, team, and certainly his quarterback uh, Austin Harden has played lights out uh, for the Eagles this season. How about let's go over to Westchester Township where undefeated Lakota West First undefeated regular season in program history. They're going to host Princeton. Uh, the Vikings are 9-2, and two, and this will be the second meeting between these two GMC programs this year. Uh, if you might remember, uh, Lakota West won 31-7 at Princeton earlier this year in Week 5. Mitch Bolden, the senior quarterback for Lakota West, is 37-6 and six as a starting quarterback, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the Vikings do, what adjustments they make based upon that result from Week 5. Let's switch over to Division 2, Region 8. How about a big matchup? Four and five matchup. Ten and one Kings going to play host to eight and three Withrow. Withrow has won seven consecutive games. This is outstanding quarterbacks in this game, obviously. Withrow senior Troy Montgomery and Kings senior Will Coker. Uh, Coker has thrown for nearly 3,300 yards, uh, 37 touchdowns. Montgomery has thrown for nearly 2,000 yards and 19 touchdowns. He's rushed for over 600 yards and 11 touchdowns. So uh, certainly going to be uh, some plenty of offense there in that matchup. And then uh, speaking of offense, how about Division Three, Region 12? 10-1 Western Brown hosting 7-4 Monroe. The teams combined for 116 points back in the regular season. That was week three of 65-51 to 51 victory for Western Brown. Over 1,000 yards uh, total overall. And obviously Western Brown quarterback Drew Novak 
third in the country in passing yards with 3,455. He's third all-time in OHSA history uh, in career passing yards as well. So obviously a lot of great matchups here uh, as we head into the regional quarterfinals. And uh, we'll have all the coverage for you this weekend on WCPO 9 Sports and WCPO.com as well. Thanks for watching and listening. I'll talk to you next week. Thank <laughs> you.